Kansas anymore. Are you ready? No, I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and move the entire site from Dodge head. Hello listeners, I'm Billy and this is the first BBFC podcast of 2019. I'm well aware that it's not the beginning of the year anymore and I'm going to go for this anyway. Happy New Year everyone and thank you again for listening. In February, one of the topics that comes up most regularly when we're discussing things apart from our weekends is awards season. So for today's podcast, I am joined by two people who I love talking about the awards season with, as well as films in general. First off, we have Preet, who is one of our compliance team. You may have heard her on previous podcasts giving brilliant Bollywood recommendations and discussing the adventures of the BFG and Paddington. Hi, Preet. Hi, I'm waving as Peter can see. But hi. <laughs> I'm waving as well. Um, I'm also delighted to welcome Ed, our operations manager, back to the podcast. You may have heard Ed showing off his encyclopedic cinematic knowledge on our podcast with V&A curator Keith Lodwig. Hello, Ed. Hi, Billy. And listeners, I'm bowing as I say this, but so just, I thought I'd explain it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so we have already had the BAFTAs, which were obviously a great night for cinema, especially UK cinema. One of the biggest stories that came out of the night was Roma winning Best Film. Uh, this was a real first. So, Ed, why don't you give us a brief pricey of the film itself and why it was such a groundbreaking win? Yeah, sure. OK, so Roma is a new film. It's a Mexican film. It's set in a suburb of Mexico City called Roma, so hence the title of the movie. It's written and directed and co-produced and co-edited and photographed by Alfonso Cuaron, who's a very sort of highly regarded filmmaker. And multitasker, apparently. And, and multitasker. <laughs> um, filmmaker behind the likes of Children of Men, Gravity. He directed Harry Potter and the Prison of Azkaban, Ito Mama Tambien. So he's made Mexican films, he's made... Hollywood films as well and this is his latest film it's set in the early 1970s it's kind of a year, the year in a year in the life of a family a year in the life of a family that comprises a mother and a father and four children and their maid and the father goes away on business and the bulk of the film is the mother and the maid kind of bringing up the children and looking after the children. So it's a family drama, a domestic drama. A lot of it is set in and around their house and the streets where they live. Mm. But it also sort of broadens out to encapsulate sort of moments of Mexican history that become major historical events. So it has a really interesting perspective. The very, very local and very domestic and very sort of closely detailed and then broadening out to sort of the epic really. Mm. Something that's particularly sort of distinctive about Roma is actually its distribution pattern because it's distributed by Netflix mm -hmm. and so even though it has been given a theatrical release it was on the Netflix platform a couple of weeks after its theatrical release. Mm -hmm. So this is a sort of a key break really with what we typically see and what has historically been the industry standard for releasing films in the cinema which is they're in cinemas for a few months. Obviously the more successful the film is, the longer it is in the cinema for, mm. for the most part. But they have that kind of what's called the window, where they're in cinemas for a few months before they start showing up on physical media or on platforms as home entertainment. Netflix bucking the trend with that 
Roma isn't the first film of theirs that has been released theatrically. And there's been some others such as Beasts of No Nation from a couple of years ago. Mm. Roma, I think, is of particular interest because it's such a high-profile movie. And that's primarily because of Alfonso Coron. I mean, his last film was Gravity, which was a big hit. Mm. Sandra Bullock, George Clooney in space. It was a kind of like a space thriller, really. Um, it won seven Oscars, including a Best Director Award and a Best Editing Oscar for Alfonso Cuaron. And so this is the new film from an Oscar-winning filmmaker. So it was always going to be of great interest. But that, combined with the Netflix angle, makes it of particular interest at this moment in the evolution of the industry and this kind of slippage that we're seeing more and more now between the big screen and the small. Fantastic. That's a really useful summation of Roma. I mean, it's a wonderful film um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it does at the Oscars. Um, So, Preet, for listeners who have not seen Roma, for those few people that haven't, (laughs) um, what classification did it receive? And would you say that this is a film that people can watch with their families? So Roma is classified 15 for disturbing images and strong language. So I wouldn't say that this is one for the family. The disturbing images, which is a category defining issue at 15, covers a prolonged scene depicting a stillbirth. So in the scene, attempts are made to resuscitate the dead baby as well as frequent sight of the dead infant. So the scene is quite shocking and distressing. So the compliance officers felt that it was best placed at the 15 category. Mm. There is also use of strong language as well as milder issues, including moderate violence and threat. I see what you mean. Um, So we know that Roma is also nominated for uh, Best Picture, among others, at this year's Oscars. A film that could not be more different visually um, and in its plot, but also up for Best Picture, is Black Panther. Now, this is a pretty big moment for Marvel fans, let alone the filmmakers themselves. Ed, why would you say that this is a significant moment in Oscars history? Yeah, so Black Panther, nominated for seven um, Oscars, including Best Picture. It's significant for sort of a few reasons. Yeah, I should point out in terms of the sort of distinction of colour and black and white so Roma is in black and white Mm. Black Panther couldn't be more colourful absolutely it it seems to have every colour under the sun in it in the Mm. costumes and the production design it's set in a sort of fictional African nation called Wakanda the design of the movie is is something to behold really Mm. I would say a particular shout out to the costume designer Ruth E. Carter who's up for an Oscar I mean I think she's done wonders with the idea of costuming in this because the costumes are so eye catching and yet they feel appropriate they don't just feel as though it's kind of a grandstanding costume designer taking this opportunity to sort of show off Mm. they really feel related to character and related to um, even things like the hierarchy of Wakanda and the hierarchy of the the ruling um, you know powers and so on so so, um, it so it's a beautifully designed film. But Black Panther, of course, has been a colossal hit. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So one of the reasons why it's a significant Best Picture nominee is it's the first superhero movie ever nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Superman didn't manage this. Batman didn't manage it, even though The Dark Knight probably came close. It was mm. up for eight Oscars, but not up for Best Picture. Black Panther is the first superhero film ever nominated for Best Picture. And of course, we're living in an era in which superhero movies are ruling the box office. Marvel and DC, you know, there's maybe three or four of these a year between Marvel and DC, Mm. you know, Avengers and Captain America and Wonder Woman and Justice League. Black Panther fits very much into that genre. But here it is up for seven Oscars, including Best Picture, which is amazing. 
it's not particularly amazing if you're a if you're a kind of an Oscar nerd like I most certainly am, <laughs> and I'm happy to proclaim myself as being, because the Academy is certainly not averse to nominating extremely popular, extremely large money making movies for Best Picture. Absolutely. I mean, it has nominated over the years and even given the prize to Titanic, for example. It mm. nominated Jaws, Towering Inferno, Star Wars, E.T. The Fugitive, mm. you know, Avatar, even just a few years ago, you know, films like The Martian made a lot of money nominated for Best Picture. This year there was a bit of a controversy when the Academy sort of announced uh, that it was considering bringing in a new award for outstanding achievement in popular film because people felt, well, why is that needed when the Academy has actually got a pretty good track record of nominating good quality, mm. high quality popular movies. Box office success does not turn the Academy off. So in that respect, Black Panther is not quite as surprising a nomination as it initially looks. But I think it might just be because it's a Marvel film, because in the modern era of superhero movies, when superhero is synonymous with blockbuster, mm. for Black Panther to be nominated is kind of a first because it's the first superhero movie nominated. The other angle, which is particularly nice to see, is a film that's primarily about people of colour. Mm. Yeah, So all the main characters are African characters or characters of African origin. Mm. And it's directed by Ryan Coogler, who's a person of colour. And so its popular success, its cultural phenomenon, is very much to do with the fact that this is a mainstream Marvel movie about people of colour that's been a colossal success and it's sort of sad to say in a way that we've had to wait so long for that to be the case but we have but finally we've got one and so it's great that it's up there for best picture as well. Fantastic. So Preet, for the very few people who uh, <laughs> haven't seen Black Panther, um, can you give us a run through of the classification? Um, this film, I know I'm right in the saying that this is definitely one for the whole family now. Yes, that's right, Billy. <laughs> so Black Panther is classified 12 for moderate violence, injury detail and a rude gesture. So this is definitely one for the family and I've seen it with my family and it's just a brilliant family viewing. Um, the violence is very similar to the other previous Marvel films, mm -hmm. so it's a style which is recognised by the audience. It's all very clearly within a fantastical context. Mm -hmm. So like the other Marvel films, the violence includes battles with use of fantastical weapons, swords, mm -hmm. and there's also sight of slashes and stabs and hand-to-hand -hand combat, but it's all without strong detail, which is a clear 12 indicator. Mm -hmm. So there's also a brief sight of the rude middle finger gesture during a comic scene, but this is also very brief, but it's a category-defining issue with the 12A. So we've covered off two of the Best Picture nominations um, at the Oscars this year, and I think it would be almost wrong to mention <laughs> Olivia Colman at this point, who has been uh, sweeping the board so far, picking up awards left, right and centre, again solidifying her national treasure status. She stars in The Favourite, which is nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, Colman for Best Actress, and Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Vice. Vice. Yeah, which is quite funny because there's been confusions with when like Vice is being announced. In yeah. The like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Emma Stone and Rachel Vice um, are battling against each other, not literally, figuratively, yes, yes. for the supporting actress um, <laughs> nomination. So this film we have received um, some public feedback on. Uh, Preet, could you give us a rundown of the classification of the film and why we could have potentially received some responses from the public? Okay, so the favourite is classified 15 for very strong language and strong sex. 
The movie is a period drama in which two women compete for the affections of their monarch, Queen Anne. But as it's a period drama, some audience may be shocked by the uses of very strong language and the sex scenes, which are not normally conventional issues in period dramas. Mm. But if people are familiar with the director, Yorgos Lanthimos, they'll be familiar with his other films, so like The Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Lobster, Dogtooth. So they know that he's not a conventional guy. <laughs> so although there's been several uses of very strong language in the film, it would have been an overreaction to put the film up to an 18 category because of it mm. and although the sex scenes and sex references are quite strong the bbfc guidelines state that sexual activity can be portrayed but usually without strong detail mm. so the sex scenes and sex references do not exceed the limits of the 15 category although they may surprise some audiences if they are not aware of the provocative nature of the film so i mean i think it's safe to say that this isn't your standard costume drama or <laughs> or as we were saying when we were discussing this it's not your classic merchant ivory for example yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> it's interesting this year i mean the two nom- nomination leaders at the oscars which are the favorite in roma both you know, each with 10 nominations in in effect on paper are the two classic oscar type movies period drama and sort of drama if you like yeah. but the but yeah the, they've both got kind of twists it's in like that like nuances and differences nuances that make them unique exactly, definitely yeah. um, now we've mentioned a few fantastic films that have been nominated for the Oscars this year from a classification perspective and also mining Ed's massive amount of Oscar <laughs> knowledge wow. um, we have uh, two additional questions to ask you and I hope that you have prepped this is very hard Billy <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first one is what is your favourite film up for a nomination this year and which category are you choosing who's going first you go for it okay I'm, I'm you know I'm resisting the urge to sort of give you two answers because you know what I mean I don't want to be that annoying you person gonna do this, I'm going to give you two answers <laughs> one is because um, they each got one nomination and one of them's a very big film and one of them's a very small film. The very big film that got one nomination that I was really pleased about was um, Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. I'm a Star Wars fan. I like some of the Star Wars films more than others. I think Solo is an underrated Star Wars movie. I enjoyed it very much indeed. Mm. It's up for best visual effects and I was really pleased that it got recognised. And the other film I, I just want to mention is a film called First Reformed, which is written and directed by Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very dramatic and very, very sort of harrowing, really, story about a priest going through a crisis of conscience. It takes in environmental issues and stuff like that. Schrader is a veteran filmmaker. He's been making films for four decades, really. This is his first ever Oscar nomination. He's nominated for Best Original Screenplay, and I was just really chuffed to see him up there because he's one of my favourite filmmakers. I am not shocked at all that that was a fantastic <laughs> response. Preet, how would you like to follow that? <laughs> I know, that's very difficult, Ed. <laughs> but, um, my favourite film up for nomination this year is the Polish romantic drama Cold War, uh-huh. and it is nominated for Best Foreign Film. Yeah. The film was classified 15 for strong language. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Palakowski's work and the film is visually stunning and heartbreaking. His film Ida won Best Foreign Film in 2015, so I think he can do it again. But I should also mention that I haven't seen Shoplifters yet and I'm a big fan of Corrida, mm. so that could easily push away Cold War if I get a chance to yeah, watch it. Yeah, foreign language film category this year is really strong. Yeah. Really, really strong. So Preet might have a last-minute change just before the Oscars, <laughs> okay. if she sees okay. shoplifters, shoplifters before then. OK, so this I think this might actually be the hard question, um, the really, 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 really tough hard. one, yeah, uh, particularly yeah. for Ed. So um, what is your favourite Oscar nomination of all time? 
Shall I go first with this one? Because then I'll let Ed follow up. That's a bit dangerous, maybe. But um, but you go you go ahead. Go on. So I thought very long and hard about this, but I thought I'll go for a recent one. Sure and thing. I'll say Greta Gerwig for Best Director. Sure thing. Um, she was nominated last year for Lady Bird, which is classified 15 for very strong language and very strong nudity. Greta Gerwig being nominated was a huge deal because she's the, she's only the fifth woman ever to be nominated for the Best Director Oscar. And I should also mention that Lady Bird was my favourite film last year and I'm hugely in love with Greta Gerwig and I want her to be my best friend. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic response. Ed, you're going to have to follow that up now. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to I'm gonna go full geek out. Um, I mean, I'm, so I'm going to talk very quickly so I can get four choices in. So The Spy Who Loved Me, so the Spy Who Loved me was nominated for three Oscars. I'm a big Bond fan. It was nominated for three Oscars, including for Marvin Hamlish's fantastic disco score. And I love that. Godfather Part 3 was nominated for Best Picture, another underrated movie. My dream really did hit the floor when Krzysztof Kozlowski was nominated for Best Director for Three Colours Red in 1994. I love Three Colours Red. I would never have dreamed that it would get nominated for Oscars and he got the nomination. That's great. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of chuck in a bit of my, almost my favourite bit of Oscar trivia which is that in 1944 Barry Fitzgerald was nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for the same performance in the same film. He plays um, one of the priests in Going My Way and clearly Academy voters uh, couldn't determine whether he was a lead or a support and he got enough votes to be nominated in both categories he won the supporting actor Oscar he lost best actor to his co-star Bing Crosby in the same movie and after that the Academy changed the rules so you could not get nominated in both categories for the same <laughs> same performance in the same film so it's a very unique Oscar, uh, pair of Oscar nominations and I just really love that little bit of trivia I should probably mention if you've ever got Ed in your quiz team and you've got a film category Ed will make you win it <laughs> yeah I mean I don't, I, I don't like to blame my own trumpet over this but Preet's right <laughs> <laughs> I mean and um, my personal I'm just going to throw in my own personal uh, favourite yeah. Oscar nomination and um, that would be Moonlight for best film because oh, it is yeah. one of my favourite films of all time yeah. Yeah. and it was um, although there was some awkwardness around the, the actual awards yeah. announcement yeah. itself yeah. it was really wonderful to see yeah. um, that team win yeah. for such a beautiful film so thank you so much Preet and Ed for coming on the podcast oh, um, thanks for having us Billy no problem I can't wait to see who gets those gold statues this weekend yeah, yeah. so I know we will all be keeping a close eye on the awards this weekend um, now don't forget you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast by emailing us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk or tweeting us at bbfc we also have a brand new Facebook page that you can follow and like and that is at British Border Film Classification. So like our page to see a regular stream of interesting case studies and recommendations and feel free to just drop us a comment or ask us a question and we'll be more than happy to get back to you. And if you want our ratings on the go and a new place to listen to our dulcet tones, you can download our app from the App Store or Google Play. That's the BBFC app. We'll be back soon with another look at BBFC classifications from past and present. Goodbye. <laughs>